Are you tired of hearing mental health from a superficial view and want to hear about realistic views? Well, you come to the right place, a space where healing is central, but also normalized. Your hosts, Donika and Myra, who are in the mental health field, will explore topics to help promote healing in your everyday life. Through our podcast, you will get the real and the work to focus on your healing. Welcome to Black Women Healing Podcast. we're back with another episode of black women healing podcast and today we have a guest by the name of diavola um sade and we're going to do an introduction um a little bit more thorough with her but before we start y'all know that we start with a random scenario usually but me and myra have been kind of playing with the idea of like a short discussion um so um okay all right so let me just think of something that's been on my brain. Okay, something that's been on my brain lately is the fact that, like, as as an adult, and I would some sometimes even before you're in a complete adult or whatever you want to say, just like the life responsibilities that don't stop. Um, I know for me, every time I get a little bit more money, it seems like I get another bill. And I'm not even trying to do it. I'm not even trying, but it keeps happening. So that's just thrown out. And so uh, Diablo, you can say anything, Myra as well. Yeah, bills, I, I just feel like they keep accumulating. And I feel like, you know, I just want all my pennies to myself, but you know, bills won't let me be great. So I definitely understand that. And I'm on the way to like financial freedom. And I just feel like it's a daunting task. <laughs> Why would you pick this? I don't want to talk about this. Very <laughs> toxic. <laughs> I feel like for me personally now, like I keep making more and more money, and then I'm just like, now I need more vacations, and I'm just like, this is not okay because I keep getting myself into these holes of now I'm paying for this vacation, but oh yeah, I forgot you gotta pay for a hotel, you gotta pay for stuff to do. I'm probably gonna need a new clothing item, some shoes. So <laughs> I'm like, I've been digging this hole for myself. Well, well, all right. So that was our usually random scenario. It was our random short discussion, you all. <laughs> and um, so I'm going to let Myra go ahead and introduce uh, Diavola. Yeah. So today's guest is Diavola. She's a millennial social worker and therapist who equips millennials who are impacted by anxiety, depression, and problems in relationships with tools to manage their mental health and positive solutions for a better life. She graduated with her Bachelor of Arts in Psychology from the University of Tennessee in Knoxville and Master's in Social Work from the University of Memphis. She has worked with countless children, families, and young adults through internships and work experience. Diavola is an author of the Therapeutic Journal, which consists of 30 prompts to aid individuals in processing their personal feelings associated with their past, present, and future. Each journal entry is meant to evoke vulnerability, transparency, and understanding to one's path to self-discovery. Diavola's main goal for this journal is to facilitate change in how an individual understands their own thoughts, feelings, and actions, and we didn't add it to our notes but I also want to add in that she has um I guess you could call it like a mini documentary or a documentary in general um it's called pretty girls don't get depressed am I correct yes okay pretty girls um, don't get depressed 
Right. And so she did for Film Scholar a little kind of like short video kind of explaining her purpose behind it. And she gives some other little tips and tricks and some more little background behind it. So if you have time, I would check out her YouTube to learn a little bit more about that. It's great to even have discussions with friends about depression. That's how I kind of use the video um, to my advantage. So let's just go ahead and dive into all things Diavola. So describe how you begin to find your passion in the mental health field and are to become a social worker. Okay, so I didn't know I wanted to be a social worker or a therapist starting out. I was supposed to do pre-pharmacy because my mom told me, you know, that was what I was supposed to do. <laughs> so I really didn't have a, a say in it. Basically, um, I had a high school sweetheart and just say what our discussion will be about, toxic relationships, and we ended up getting married and ended up getting divorced. So after that, just feeling lost, trying to figure out what I wanted to do in undergrad, like why am I here and I don't really know what I want to do. I eventually ended up going to career counseling where, you know, the lady was like, what are you interested in? I was like, well, I love helping people. I love talking to people about relationships, considering where I am in my life going through a divorce and I was like if I could just help other people the way I feel like I needed help and she was just pointing me into counseling I was like oh, what so that's that's really where the seed was planted um I decided to change my major from pre-pharmacy to psychology which back you know in the day people would be like well psychology the most you're gonna get out as far as pay is do you want fries with that like I'm not gonna get paid with a psychology degree so it was a lot of negative stigmas pointed at my mom was like you're changing your degree to what so <laughs> um eventually I knew I needed to go to grad school to fully become a therapist my advisor pointed me to social work and I used to think that social workers you know just being naive and just ignorant to it that they snatched babies and gave out food stamps mm -hmm. so <laughs> when I learned that you know a master's level social worker was actually a clinician and you can become a therapist a counselor and there's so many jobs you can do hospital social work so many things you do I was like okay that's what I need so I went through my master's program got licensed um, after graduating and that's how we got here to be a licensed clinical social worker. Yay. Yay. <laughs> that's dope to hear that. So I have on here, what is the difference between an L LCSW and LSSW? But I think we got that incorrect. So I think we're trying to just dif differentiate the difference between LCSW and other types of social workers. So could you just tell mm -hmm. us a little bit about that? Yeah. So like a licensed clinical social worker, which is the LCSW, that's our terminal license. That's the independent practitioner, independent clinician. So usually um, they're able to supervise LMSWs who are under us. So that's licensed master social workers and MSWs, interns and all that. So it's just basically like supervising roles and independent practice. So you can like with me, I have my own private practice now. I own it. I can be the only therapist. I don't need a supervisor. Congratulations. Over yeah. Thank you. Just launched that. That's yes, this is grand opening week. So we just ended out the first week. So thank you. Thank you. Yeah, but no, like, so Diavola, I did. I know I'm not tripping. I've seen LSSW, right? That's something. Oh, too. yeah. What yes, is, I'm a licensed school social worker. So oh, okay, I don't know yeah. what that was. <laughs> I, I see what yeah. I wanted to ask. I never had seen that. And so I was like, no, yeah, I think it's fairly new for the most part, but I do school counseling. So um, in order to, for most schools, they want you to be licensed in school counseling. So it's a whole separate license. Um, but my LCSW trumps my LSSW because that is so cool though thank you you've been hard working yes 
<laughs> well, um, thank you for sharing your story and um, and also kind of explaining to us a little bit of social worker uh, umbrellas. Um, so today we're going to be focusing on Black women and toxic behaviors, and which will probably kind of uh, dripple into, like Diavola is saying, like toxic relationships and that overall thing. So our first question is, can you explain what toxicity is and give us a few examples of how this shows up? Okay, so I know that it is 2020 and I thought we were going to leave the word toxic in 2019, but you know, it's, <laughs> it's, it's such a trend right now, right? Mm -hmm. So of course you can Google it and toxic basically means poisonous, venomous, dangerous it is Ooh. not good it's unhealthy like that is how it is <laughs> defined online mm -hmm. um traits that someone would have that could be toxic is selfishness um they're abusive whether, whether that's verbally emotionally mentally um just often lie just so those are like examples of like toxic behavior um they really probably do not have successful relationships and that's like friendships family relationships as well as romantic relationships mm -hmm. okay okay um yeah I agree I feel like toxic that word has been uh used a lot and then like you said when you look at that definition that sounds like whoa like and so mm -hmm. when people are you know hearing that word toxic it can really hurt them but uh, we kind of want to go into how to identify toxicity. So how, how are those things identified in others? Like, how would I be like, oh, this person is toxic? Or, or what would you even say? Um, if I'm thinking about, like, people that I may have encountered, and even, you know, of course, being accountable, any traits that I might have had when I was younger, someone putting you down. So say you have a dream, I'm going to start a podcast. And you're like, oh, you can't do that. You're, you're from here. Like, no one does that around here. You need to get a real job. So someone that's like always negative, people that are jealous of you, always stay in competition with you. Those are like toxic behaviors because they're projecting like this insecurity. Again, they often lie. Most people who are unable to be honest to me shows that's a toxic trait. Like, why are you lying? Everyone's grown. What's going on there? Mm. Um, and just overall, just don't, they're not happy. They're not, they don't find joy in their life. So thus, you know, they misery misery loves company they want you to be just as miserable as they are so mm -hmm. examples of that <laughs> i'm sure there are so many more examples of that but that's just what comes to the top of my head yeah you mentioned so before we keep going you mentioned mm -hmm. the overuse of the word um mm -hmm. toxic in 2019 and so that's mm -hmm. something that like has making my flesh call because i feel like <laughs> it was starting to be used more like on social media platforms and then people were just starting to grab onto it. And mm -hmm. now it's like low key romanticized. Like, I don't know if you'd be seeing mm -hmm. stuff like about future, how they be saying like, he's toxic, but him I want it. Lot, man, him and and I was like, oh my child. God, like y'all cannot use toxic in that way. Cause that's not what it is. So I just wanted to or like you about it. from the Netflix series, the TV show, yes. you, like Joe, Joe is very toxic. <laughs> very toxic. But everybody wants a man like Joe. <laughs> <laughs> but why do you think that like people overuse it so much especially within like the past year like mm -hmm. what's up with that um i think it's more so people love or find a thing of wanting to break down other people so if i could say something about you and i feel like i i'm the barometer so if i wouldn't do that 
and you do, that means you're a toxic person. So it's mm. to elevate themselves, which it really doesn't, because one thing people don't want to do is be accountable for how toxic they are to people. They want to point out everybody else, you know, how toxic they are. But who looks in the mirror and say, oh, wait, I, I'm kind of toxic for this person. I'm toxic mm -hmm. to these people. Mm -hmm. Right. Or it makes me even think, it makes me think about how, like, just because somebody does something and something wrong doesn't mean they're a toxic person. Like, they just did a really shitty thing, you know? Like, it doesn't mean your whole demeanor, your whole personality is toxic. Mm. But, um, yeah. I like the way you broke that down, though, because now it has me really thinking, like, hmm, okay. Uh, so that makes us dive into the next question very easily, because mm. the next one is, how can people identify toxic behavior in themselves? Mm. So... The way you can identify yourself is one is you have to lack self-awareness. So mm. you don't have successful relationships, like I said earlier. How is your relationship with your mother? How is your relationship with your father? How are you with your friends? Do you have friends? Do you find yourself falling out? Every time you get a friend, you fall out with that friend. You have unsuccessful romantic relationships. Like it's one thing that you and someone dated and then you guys broke up. But it's like, what's the common denominator here if you get in and you get in these situations and the same thing happens over and over or you break up and it's the same reason? It's like common denominator. Mm. It's probably you, again, always being negative, can't find joy in anything. Like, who wakes up negative every day, sis? Mm. You can't be doing that. <laughs> like, you, you got to be able to look at the glass half full sometimes and have some optimism, not pessimism. So, and always defensive. Like, it's everyone else's fault but yours. Like, mm -hmm. it's, it's their fault. No, they shouldn't have cut me off. Or no, they, you know, just always assuming the worst of people instead of the best. So, and also quick to anger. If you can go from zero to 100, but you have to always react to what people do around you or to you, then usually that's a sign of toxic behavior. Like, everything, every action doesn't need a reaction. Ooh. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I, and the, I'm over here thinking about, <laughs> you know how, like, somebody, right, no, somebody's listening right now, like, dang, that's me. <laughs> it's been us all, though. Exactly, exactly, exactly. I mean, but it starts with you. You got to really examine, like, how you're interacting with people or how you're just mm -hmm. responding to people in general. If you are toxic, okay, you identify that and then you start working on it. You start working on it. Yeah. Um, and I think, yeah, we're going to get into that in a little bit, but since I know we talked about like the lack of awareness and not having successful relationships. Mm -hmm. And so something that just kind of sparked my brain was just like, do you think that people can have successful relationships while actively trying to decrease their own toxic behaviors? Ooh. <sighs> okay. This is like a double edged sword. I come from... <laughs> the perspective of this um if you are able to be self-aware um and you're able to be self-aware of your behaviors or your toxic behaviors then yes but it's very tricky to kind of maneuver that so one thing that i say is you don't want to hurt the other person while you're trying to heal because hurt mm -hmm. people hurt people right mm -hmm. so if i know i have toxic behaviors of being explosive because I really fear abandonment. Every time you do something that feels like you're distancing yourself from me, I'm gonna react instead of just 
pausing and saying, I, you know what, we're okay. He's just over in the other room. He's, he's really not about to leave. Like you're able to talk yourself through it before you react. If you continue to react and you are unable to not do that and you keep on hurting the other person, then I say you just need to go be single and work on yourself. So if you're able to be self-aware, you can try it, but I'm always the advocate. Get yourself together first. Be complete and whole because a, a healthy relationship is two whole people coming together, not two halves. So your partner needs to be whole, but you need to do the work to be whole as well. Mm-hmm. So, um, What about if it's like a mother and a daughter? Like what might that look like? If it's like the daughter mm-hmm. who is experiencing her, experiencing her mother as toxic, what are maybe like some tips or tricks you might have when it's like they have a close relationship but the mom just does toxic things sometimes um usually with that is you can have a healthy relationship with a parent that's toxic I will say this because you can't expect someone to change unless they want to or really require them to it's all about you you have to set up healthy boundaries so if you know that your mom if you don't give her money she's gonna curse she's like curse you out you're on the phone. All right, mom, you know what? You already see she's starting to, mom, I love you. I'm going to have to get off the phone right now. Um, we'll talk later. Like, just remove yourself from the situation and put up healthy boundaries. Let her know what you will not tolerate. You can still be respectful and put up healthy boundaries for your parent. But it's really for you. You, you know that person. You know that they probably are not self-aware, but you understand that you can still love people from a distance. Yeah. So put up healthy boundaries. Yeah. Okay. I like that we're living in a time where people are talking more about boundaries and specifically Mm -hmm. healthy boundaries because I feel like that wasn't really a thing and now Mm -hmm. it's becoming a thing. I feel like it's helping people a lot with their mental health overall. Um, So then one of our last questions is what are some um, tools and tips you give clients working on toxic behavior outside of therapy? Um, The first one I definitely would say journal. Um, because sometimes we're not able to verbalize what we're feeling, but usually if we can kind of do word vomit and write it all out, you eventually can see, oh, this is what's really bothering me, or you're able to process, like, how you're feeling, so journaling, I always assign journal topics, that's why I even created the therapeutic journal, just so you can have these topics that really trigger you to think about things that have hurt you, or people that have hurt you, or events or memories that have curated the person you are today so journaling check in with yourself um we're always busy we're on social media we're on work we're building businesses and we're here 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 but we're never in our bodies and figuring out like what am i feeling right now like being able to be like self-analyze it so check in with yourself if you get offended by someone pause take the time to hmm. really think over the situation and why you are offended you know, instead of reacting, just be able to process it within yourself. And again, work on not reacting. Most toxic people react out of being hurt. Everybody thinks that anger is, you know, the first emotion or the primary emotion. It's actually the secondary emotion. You felt another emotion first mm-hmm. and that triggers you to get angry. So if someone did something, it hurt your feelings. You were sad, you were disappointed, you felt discouraged, you felt whatever the case may be, and that triggers your anger. So just be able to work on not reacting so it won't make the situation worse so, yeah okay i have a quick question so i kind of struggle with this so i know oftentimes people say like check in with yourself and i kind of mm-hmm. struggle with like what does that even look like like how do i even begin to 
like the steps to check in with myself. Like, cause in my head, I'm thinking I need to go sit somewhere completely quiet and like talk to myself, but I'm just like, I've done that. And I, maybe I'm expecting a miracle, whatever, but mm-hmm. I feel like nothing happened. So I'm like, how can I really check in with myself where I feel like, okay, I actually checked in with myself. Like what tips do you have? Excuse me. So for me, um, when I check in, I'll say for me, when I check in with myself, I'll go to a quiet place. Uh, usually my car is like where I'm going to talk it out. Like whether I'm talking to God or I'm talking to myself, I'm like, okay, let me replay the situation that happened. Like he said this to me, it made me feel this way. So now I know right now I'm holding on to the feeling that I am feeling wow. like this. But what's the deeper issue of what I'm feeling like this? Okay. He really hurt my feelings because I felt judged and I used to get judged when I was a kid or I got judged by my mom. Mm-hmm. So he's really not judging me. He just had an opinion on something. Let me just breathe. How do I want to go back and respond? Because I think you should always validate your feelings. And I think sometimes we don't. You can validate your feelings, but your feelings are justified, but that does not justify your actions after it. So mm-hmm. you can justify and validate your feelings, but how you react, is where you have to maneuver that. But yeah, being able to check in, getting away, getting in an isolated space where you're able to just really do the logical part of seeing what the situation was and then attaching the feeling to each logical part. Got it. Okay, that makes a lot more sense. It kind of sounds like, what is that theory where it's like A plus B equals C? Uh, the Pythagorean theorem. No. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, yeah not Pythagorean squared. 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 No, <laughs> no, CBT. That. <laughs> <laughs> no, you have to think about CBT, the theory. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, about the, theory. <laughs> the way CBT yeah. makes sense to me is A plus B equals C. Sorry, I'm completely yeah, okay. I'm sorry. But no, <laughs> the way you're like describing it, kind of A plus B equals C, CBT type therapy, but doing yeah. it with yourself, I feel like that makes more sense now. Yeah. I'm a your thoughts that. affect your feelings and your feelings affect your behavior. They're all yeah. like interconnected. Exactly. So yeah, if you're able to trace that thought, you can trace the feeling, you can trace the behavior. Yes. Amen. Yeah. No, for sure. Um, I'm just thinking too about, I really like to check in with yourself, but kind of how we we're talking about how even how Myra brought up this whole like future like people being attracted to like toxic Mm -hmm. people and like why why is that the reason is we are attracted to what's normal it's called like normalized dysfunction so if I grew up and my father was like future and had plethora of women plethora of baby mamas whatever the case I'm mentally attracted to that even though I know it's not healthy because that's all I know so you can be attracted to something it doesn't be good for you you know Mm -hmm. because that's all you know so if you have daddy issues most likely you end up getting with someone that's similar to your father subconsciously like even if you think about Lori Harvey and she's a beautiful woman she everybody knows future's rap sheet she but where's her dad well isn't he somewhere in jail so isn't this her mom uh, all about like, look, she is the biggest hustler I know from Memphis. <laughs> she had a baby with this drug dealer king, then he went to jail, had a baby with his brother, and then you with Steve Harvey, got Steve Harvey to change all your kids last night. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I don't think she probably has the, maybe the best um, examples of what healthy relationships yeah. look like. 
So if I don't know what that looks like in my own home, most likely I'm going to be attracted to an unhealthy person and continue to create unhealthy relationships because I'm not very Mm -hmm. in tune with self. Mm -hmm. What are some, so I'm even thinking about, let's say like you experience a toxic relationship or whatever, you're in a toxic relationship and (laughs) I'm speaking about a romantic relationship and now this relationship is over and you're feeling some of the wounds from it. What are some of the steps that maybe you suggest to your clients are steps you would suggest to some folks who have been in those types of relationships and now they're trying to move past that and move on? Um, I think one, um, just being able to acknowledge that you are hurt and wounded by this relationship. Like if you're able to say like, yeah, I was not like this prior to the relationship. Um, Figuring out how you feel about yourself. A lot of times when we do certain things or act in a certain way post a relationship is because how that relationship painted us and how we viewed ourselves. So you're now you're creating a new sense of self, a new mm-hmm. sense of self-worth, what you deserve, what you're worth. And of course, you're like, okay, it didn't equal to what he did or how he was to me. So I'm building myself up. I'm doing this foundational work. But sometimes it really comes from like not having like it, as a child that's how you even got in a relationship as a person so you're really doing some childhood work you're reparenting yourself because again um if you're with a person most likely that person is similar to a caregiver so if that caregiver wasn't there for you in that emotional capacity that you need to and you got into a relationship you're mm-hmm. both wounded from both you need to go back and reparent yourself so mm-hmm. you need to be the parent that you did not have you need to be emotionally there you need to affirm yourself all these things for yourself and because that little person, that younger you is still there. I mean, she's grown up and got a bills and stuff now, but <laughs> she's still there. So yeah. be that parent for her so you can actually be that parent for your child. Mm. Mm. Do you have any experience talking about childhood trauma? Because I'm thinking that's, that's an episode. That's all I do. <laughs> okay, because that's the episode we've been wanting to do. And so like we uh-huh. kind of, like touch it and then we run away. We touch it, then we run away on like all our episodes. And like now that we're diving into this conversation and we're talking about toxicity and it sounded like it's kind of like rooted from childhood. I mean, in different types of ways. And so I was going to ask you, can we do an episode on that in the future? Probably like, like next month or something like that. You know, I'm, I'm here for it. <laughs> We're trying to kind of guess and talk about that. So maybe that's something we could talk about. Oh, yeah. I do a lot of trauma work, um, especially because I work with a lot of millennials and older adults. So, of course, it goes back into like your childhood experience and your childhood trauma. So mm-hmm. like if um, a homework um, for your listeners, if they're ever interested, they want to do it by themselves is a timeline activity that I give my clients mm-hmm. in the first one or two sessions. And you do it from birth to the year that it is now. And you only highlight important events, whether they're good or bad you highlight them and when you look at that timeline you start processing each event and how it made you feel you will see that it's mostly like in your childhood where all of this like depression or low self-worth all started when your mom didn't affirm you when your dad you know never gave you a comment he wasn't loving then you went to school and then the kids didn't like you so then you end up getting this first boyfriend but the first boyfriend treated you like trash then you know he was a little more emotional than your dad was so you kept him around and you start seeing patterns so it's a very emotional and powerful assignment and usually takes about two or three sessions to get through it but it it gives you the format of like this is where this came from yeah that's dope okay well, thank you so much. I feel like I learned a lot and I feel like overall what I got from this is self-evaluation is like super, super important and actually really yes. taking the time to do it. Yes. Danik, you want to add anything? 
Yeah, no, I, I really like the way that you explain toxic behaviors. Um, and then also how I, I really appreciate you even giving us like a little bit of your own story of your own personal story and how you become who you are and how you're, you know, who you're going to continue to be. Uh, I think that, you know, it most definitely will help our audience feel closer, our listeners feel closer to you. Yay, yes. I'm glad I could be a part like what you ladies are doing. I was just so glad to just even be asked. So thank you, first and foremost. <laughs> <laughs> You'll be hearing from us again soon for that other episode. <laughs> I'm here, <laughs> whenever you're ready. <laughs> Okay, so Diavolo was great. Uh, I think this is a topic that is super relevant. Um, you know, we're walking in 2020, but we want to continue to evaluate and make us the best else we can be. Uh, so we're going to go ahead and share kind of how a little movie, uh, book, or whatever segment. And so I'm going to, as soon as, as we was talking about this, I'm thinking about the movie Precious, y'all. <laughs> With Monique, uh, oh, I'm so sorry. I can't, Gabby, that's her name, Gabby. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so I can't think of her last name. I'm so sorry, Gabby. Huh? Dinabay or something like that? I ain't even go It's something it. cute, though. It's cute. I like her last name. It's something cute. <laughs> <laughs> but so basically, that movie, if you haven't seen it, is really hard to watch, in my opinion. But like the whole movie, the mom, Monique, uh, she was toxic, you know? And like the Diablo was saying, a lot of it comes from her childhood and how she was raised and like how she literally was like, I'm kind of going to go down the things that Diablo said. Like she most definitely was negative. She most definitely lacked self-awareness. She most definitely was always defensive and quick to be angered. She was most definitely toxic. Crazy. And, right. And, and, and lightweight sociopaths. Um, and so... Diagnosing. <laughs> <laughs> right let me diagnose it but for real though toxic behaviors that movie go watch it and even like I don't obviously it don't show like the second part of like working through the toxic behaviors but even toward the end the piece of like uh the lack of self-awareness I feel like she she at least was starting to acknowledge that what she had been doing to her child was messed up which is the awareness piece so that movie though toxic 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 oh very toxic So, what I want to share with y'all this week is um, candle colors. And so, I'm really into like colors and how we can have certain colors around us and what they can do for us. And so, in particular, I was looking at um, because I'm always looking at colors in general. And so, something popped up on my um, my news feed and it was like candle colors and meaning. And I was like, oh, okay, let me share this with y'all. So, I'm just going to point out some of the candle colors that um, I think are relevant to the podcast. And so, light green candle color is good for luck and healing. And then, blue is for forgiveness, calmness, and communication. And then, pink is for harmony and self-love. Yellow for clarity, manifesting, and creativity. And then, orange is for joy, energy, and success. Um, And brown is for grounding and friendship. And so... um, I believe that having certain colors around you make you think a certain way. And I definitely believe that that's true. Um, And so those are just some of the things. I know a lot of people like candles. So why not really think about the color of the candle that you're investing in? Yeah, I love candles, y'all. I love, love, love them. So thanks for that resource, Myra. And so, y'all, it's it's, it's 2020. We told y'all we was going to be having Black Women Healing Circles in different cities. So... 
I hope y'all ready. We ready. Um, our very first one, uh, our, our very first one was in Louisville. Our very first one of 2020 is going to be February 22nd from 3 to 5 p.m. That's a Saturday, and it's going to be in Inglewood, California. If you are following us on our Instagram, our Facebook, all you have to do is click on our link tree, um, and you can purchase your tickets there. Our tickets are $20, I believe, and with that, you'll be getting refreshments. You'll be getting two hours with us, and then also we'll have some little giveaways for you all. Some dope uh, dialogue too. What'd you say? Some dope dialogue. Yes, it's gonna be so good. And then uh we also have the opportunity to purchase the San Diego one on there as well, which is March 7th. That one's 3 30 to 5 30 p.m. Um so yeah, y'all get these tickets. We 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 ready. I hope y'all ready. And we also have one in Philly on May 2nd. Um, we'll have more details for that soon. Also, we have some great opportunities coming up. We can't share it just yet, but basically we doing some work that we're gonna share with y'all and y'all gonna be blowing out your chairs. So be prepared, prepared to get shooketh. <laughs> uh, for coupons, again, Barcelona is on sale. I don't know what's going on in Barcelona, but these Barcelona flights are like dirt cheap. They're like $280. So if you have an interest in going to Barcelona, um, for the majority of the U.S., the tickets are under $300. And same thing for Cancun. Cancun tickets are like $200 and under. So if you need to take a vacation, um, Cancun and Barcelona are your go-tos right now. Is that it for this week? I think so. That's it, y'all. Well, thank you for tuning in to the Black Women's Healing Pod. We hope that you enjoyed today's episode and got some great takeaways. Um, We'll be back next week with another episode. And we hope that y'all enjoy having two episodes last week. We'll hit y'all with that here and there. But we hope that you enjoy and we look forward to sharing some new stuff with y'all again soon. Oh, no. Oh, what? (laughs) Okay. So... Oh, I just want to shout out to you, Myra, because first of all, you did a podcast for your birthday, uh, which is amazing. And your podcast, I listened to it too, and it was really insightful. Even, I don't know why, even your voice, your voice just made me feel so calm. And I just want to say happy birthday again, and I'm so thankful for you. Um, So yeah, shout out to Myra, y'all. Oh, thanks. All right, y'all. Peace.